You're listening to The Big Show on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome back to the show. Hour number two of The Big Show with Russick and Rose for MortgagesToGo.ca. We're live in the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. Worried about radon? They install custom mitigation systems to reduce your risk. To find out more, visit DLBasementSystems.com for your free estimate. Sam Cosentino will join us at the bottom of the hour, NHL analyst for Sportsnet. Ask him about the swath of games yesterday, including several Canadian teams and several storylines to follow. Debuts of Kuzmenko, Monaghan, Lindholm. Oilers win streak snapped. Slavkovsky lighting it up for the Habs. We'll get into all those with Sammy. But right now, for All Kind Door Services, Brent Cron joins us. For All Kind Door Services Limited, your one-stop shop when it comes to fixing doors at your building, your office, or your home, anything that swings, slides, or rolls, call All Kind Door Services for all your door repair needs. Um, I don't know if you are aware, but there was a big power outage uh, in our city yesterday. Uh, Apparently it was due to copper wire being stolen. So I ask you this, Brent, how much copper wire did you steal yesterday? Well, I got a garage full of it now, and it's actually quite pricey. Oh, I've, uh, I've, I've cornered the market on copper wire. Okay, and I'm about to uh, about to cash in. Okay, good for you. Congratulations. Uh, what did you make of that Flames game yesterday? How about them Flames? Wow, uh, I know what. I didn't see that one coming. I figured, you know, uh, after having a ten day break and all the boys going and having a having some time off, <laughs> coming back to play the Bruins might have been a recipe for disaster, but. Uh, Turns out, maybe there was something to what George said yesterday, where he, or sorry, on Monday, where he was saying maybe, maybe the Bruins might have an all-star hangover because uh, they had a handful of players in the game and, and whatnot. But uh, the Flames took full advantage and started the game right off the puck drop. And that, uh, that pass by Huberdeau on goal one, right onto Kuzmenko's stick, was a bullet. And then he, he obviously uh, put it right past Swayman and, I was I was just pleasantly surprised. I thought they they were going to get themselves in a bit of trouble there when the when the the league or the referees decided to give Boston <laughs> a five for that, which is hilarious. And I was like, okay, well here we go. Now Boston's going to come back in the game, being down two nothing. But a good game from start to finish. They only gave up five shots in the second period. Mm-hmm. Like it was just a they looked they looked great. Boston, you know, was was a bit inconsistent, but going into that building. It's a crazy building. They that that team wins. You know, you, it's, those games are not hard to get up for, and uh, the, they were either going to get creamed or or be ready to play. And, and they put in uh, their best performance I've seen in a long time. And they didn't need Jacob Markstrom to steal the game last night. And uh, overall, it was a great team game. Uh, Pahal, I thought, played well. And uh, you know, Kuzmenko with that ridiculous tape job uh, was able to get uh, <laughs> to get that goal. Uh, and, and get going right off the bat. First game, first shot, perfect, good on him. He talked about after the game, he likes playing with Huberto because it's not simple. Um, they try and do all sorts of creative things. Now with Huberto, Sharon Govich, and, and Kuzmenko, you got a passer and a couple of shooters. Like, Do you think they can have consistent success for the rest of the season as a group? I hope so. You know, on that first goal, all those guys touched the puck at least twice coming up the ice. They were just moving it around in a phone booth there for a little bit, and then they spread themselves out. Uh, the Flames do need some some uh, scoring. They need their, their big guns to be their best players. Huberdeau has obviously struggled 
being with the with the Flames and giving him two two options now, a couple of shooters that he can get the puck to. Um, I really hope so. I, I'm I'm a bit hesitant to say that uh, you know they're going to be uh, on the right side of the plus minus at the end of the year on this line, but if they continue to score, um, you know that's uh, that's definitely a positive for the Flames and and you know even with uh, with Kadri getting three assists yesterday and Zari with that drive to the net. I mean they got some secondary scoring as well. So it was done by committee. I, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic of this first line. They they made a great first impression. And uh, hopefully they can keep it going here in uh, New Jersey tomorrow night. You kind of touched on it as well, but and I mentioned it earlier on in the show. I wonder about this kind of being Huberdo and Caudry's team now that Lindholm is gone. That line that that we all remember of Lindholm, Gaudreau, Kachuk, everybody from that group is now gone. And as much as Michael Backlund is the captain, offensively, he's not going to be called upon to produce the same type of offense. So do you feel like maybe yesterday was kind of like a, hey, this is our team now and watch what we can do type of effect? You know, I don't think it had a huge uh, – the only impact I think it had was the fact that we got to get going here. You know, Lindholm uh, has been one of their better players, if not the best player, for, for quite some time on the Flames. He's had some good seasons. He's been dependable and consistent, and obviously this year he wasn't, wasn't enjoying himself in Calgary. But there's a, he's just a tremendous hockey player, and, and, and it was a value to the Calgary Flames. Now with him gone, I think Huberto and Kadri, they look at each other and say, well, now we got we got we to step it up. There's a hole here. Hopefully Kuzmenko can, can fill it. But he's not the same type of player as Lindholm is. So it's up to them. It really is. We know what type of player Backlund is. He's been in this organization forever. But it is Huberto and Kadri's team, 100%. They're here for the long haul. They signed monster extensions right so they they got what they're looking for and and now they're here and 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 a game like last night where you're one of your um old guard if you will um moves on to to greener pastures uh the two players here they got to step it up and they sure did last night Croner, i know it's uh it's it's recency bias probably and we don't have a i'm sure there's not a lot to go on but you think that was jonathan huberto's best game as a flame yeah i do I really do. That shot on his goal, oh. too, like, it was unbelievable. The, the, taking and it away from McAvoy, too. I know, and McAvoy's a big, strong D-man, and he just, he he stole it like he was stealing candy from a baby, and, you know, Kadri's in on the forecheck, too, and they're they're closing guys off and separating guys from the puck, and then he, he gets it, turns around, and fires a top cheese glove side. It was a great shot. The puck was still spinning in the net uh, on mm-hmm. the replay. You could see it just sitting there. I just... I loved it. it. Was a great shot, and and you could just for some reason he just he looked so much more confident. I don't know where he went or what he did or <laughs> what he drank. You know, I know when I uh, when I'd struggle, you know, I I try to break my routine up and I wouldn't do this consistently, but I'd pop into uh, to McDonald's and grab some cheeseburgers oh, yeah. before throw them down. You know, I'd have to deal with the indigestion and the discomfort for sixty minutes, but I was so <laughs> r- rattled that I went there, that I was just like, I got to be on point. I, I got to have my angles covered. I just switching it up. So I'm very curious to see what he did. Maybe he did nothing. Maybe the mm-hmm. break was just good to get away from the noise and, and then come back refreshed, recharged, and, and have a couple new faces in the lineup too, right? There were four new faces last night for the Flames, maybe more. I'm, I could be wrong. But, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely turning into, uh, uh, yeah, like you said earlier, uh, Huberto and uh, Kadri, Kadri team for sure. 
Uh, four new faces for sure, but a fifth uh, addition and Martin Poss was still coming back from his injury. His return didn't last too long, four minutes and 32 seconds. <laughs> Thoughts on the butt end to uh, one Brad Marchand? Oh, man. You know what? So there's no sympathy for Brad Marchand no. falling down onto the edge no. from anybody. Right? I mean, that guy has speared, cross-checked, cheap-shotted. I love him as licked. a player. I think he's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, licked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Accosted, right? Like, whatever you're doing. The, the man is is a, is a he's a unbelievable agitator. He's he's pretty, I don't know. He's pretty sturdy too. He's tough. I don't think there's too many guys that want to take runs at him. No. You know, even though he's a little guy, he's uh, he can hold his own. So he's a, he's a great player. He's an awesome. He's a polarizing player to watch on the ice too. And when you can get a shot in on him, I was very excited. I thought that was great. I'm like, way to go, pause. You know, Marshan's digging away at Markstrom, which drives everybody nuts. And he comes in there and he says, I've had enough of this. And because. Marchant's three apples tall. His stick hits his shoulder, runs up into his visor, cuts his nose. <laughs> I thought it was great, you know. And, he, and you know, Marchant lay there for effect too. But he got up and he was looking for Pospisil. Oh, he yeah. was trying to find him, right? And for for a five minute major, I mean, I don't know. It's it like we said, like we've said all season long. It's it's you know, just grab the wheel and see what happens. Because to me, it was yeah, it's a penalty for sure. Give him two minutes for cross checking. Mm-hmm. Done. But five in a game? Like, are you kidding me? So the wind changes direction now. We're going to give somebody a penalty. Like, it's it's getting to be too much. There, the the you know this game is 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 an emotional game, and and the ones who can keep themselves in check, for the most part, are capitalized on power play, plays win. But you want to have that that passion, and that uh, you don't want to eliminate that kind of stuff because it brings everybody into the game. I mean, the fans, the spec, the the people on TV watching the the players. You dive right in it. It's. I like the scrums. I like that kind of stuff. And to just five in a game, it, it discourages anybody from getting in there. And, and that quickly too. Like around. it's so early in the game. Like I know. Let it play I'm out. Period. Like yeah, I know. I know. I know. I. I was disappointed. Um, you know, a few cursing at the TV, shaking my head, just like what the hell is going on here? That's. And you're in Boston for crying out loud, a, a hard nosed city. I, I've I've lived there for a couple years and. And you know, you know, it's like very similar to Philadelphia, where it's like you, like you, you come into these buildings, you're charged up for a, what is by today's standards a physical game, and uh, and and that was disappointing to me to see Pospisil who just came in, he had enough, he had enough of Marchand, that little rat digging away at his goalie, and he gave him a pop, and then he's got to go to sit, well, gets kicked out of the game. It's embarrassing. What do you think Markstrom said to him in the first intermission? Awesome, buddy. Thank you. Great job out there! Don't stop. That was, I, that, I, that, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, you know, Markson's going to probably take him for dinner, or buy him a beer, or, or just say go over and say thank you, because, you know, that's that's uh, that's one that you you want to kill off for a guy, because it's a top player of theirs, and he's and he does this 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 is his Marshawn staple in his career, and Pospisil is very, you know, he's coming up, he's proving to to people he's not afraid to get in the mix and pull people into the fight, and uh, we've seen Kadri benefit from Pospisil's rap play and very similar player coming. I think Marshawn probably respected it a tad, even though he did what he normally does. And, you know, just kind of, you know, I, I love to see it. I'm sure Markstrom was just, uh, he was tickled to see his young, young winger there come in and, and defend his honor. I like that. 
I'm just imagining Markstrom getting tickled now. That's a <laughs> peculiar one. <laughs> with a feather? Yeah, Ooh. with a feather. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Daryl <laughs> who's doing the tickling. Oh, stop. Oh, stop. Oh, stop. <laughs> uh, one, of the, one of the sad parts about possible getting tossed is we didn't get to see them roll through the four lines, which were looking good in the first period, and I was intrigued to see how that would work. But I guess silver lining, Pelche and Rooney got to play like 13-ish minutes compared to like 7, 8, or 9. What did you make of those two getting back in the lineup, both returning from shoulder injuries? Well, you know, like we discussed too, shoulder injuries, those are scary. Your first games in Boston, they might try to run you out of the building, especially with the big back end that they have. I thought they looked confident. I thought they looked good. Um, you know, and, and you, know, you want to ease guys in, but sometimes you're just forced to put them in and see how it goes, and that was the... The case for the for 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 Pelche and Rooney, right? They did uh, they did a great job. I thought uh, for their first game, uh, the whole team played well too, which helped. They weren't getting shelled or or chasing the game the whole time. They got an early lead. They played with it. They weren't a liability. You know, there were some nervous moments there, just uh, making decisions, but they kept it simple for the most part. I thought, and uh, with the time that they had, you know, it's like I said, it's another audition. It's a that that that's what it is. This 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 Flames team, the opportunities that have been given throughout the season to their, to their younger players, to their, you know, their minor league players, you know, it's, it's an audition every single night. And, uh, and now it's another opportunity, you know, Pelche had a lot of promise coming into the, into the season this year, gets injured first game back from injury. You know, it's those first ones are, uh, those are the, uh, nothing's easy, but those are the easy ones to play. Cause you got the nerves going, you got the adrenaline, you're flying. Cause you're just so happy to be back. But, once you settle into, you know, three games and four nights or two and two back-to-backs or on a road trip, the, the season is, is as much skating and as much bag skating and as much practice time as you get getting into game shape. That's, uh, that's a whole new thing. So they started off on the right foot, both those guys, and now they definitely have to build on it because they're going to be dependent on uh, Noah Hannafin, that uh, fourth goal on the power play, that was, uh, that was something that uh, he likes to pull out every so now often, but uh, he looked like Hale McCarr on that play, but you know, scoring in his hometown, how big is, like, how big is that going back to a hometown for guys? I'm sure it, w- it was big for you going, in, going into Brandon when you were a Hitman player or whatnot, but just like, how big is that? And it was a little bit of a cheer uh, after Hannafin scored as well. That's awesome. I mean, he'll tell you it doesn't matter. He's just going out there and playing hockey. But it, those little things matter to guys. 100% they do. I, I was really happy for him, you know, and that, and that his speed backed off the D-man. And, yeah, Swayman should have had that. That was a bad goal. Mm-hmm. I don't think he expected for him to chip that backhand through his five-hole there. But they all count. And, you're, like I said, you're in, you're, in, you're in your hometown. That's awesome. You come out and hug your parents and your whatever who else is there. And they all say, hey, you scored a goal. I remember uh, playing against the, the, the Manitoba Moose. Mm-hmm. Getting, uh, getting, um, getting the crap kicked out of us five rip, and and I remember meeting my family afterward, and all my cousins were there. Like you should have stopped more, more shots. And I'm like, well, we also have to score goals to win a hockey game there, so settle down, right? But uh, you know, they're all, uh, they're all over you. If you play bad, they kind of give you those pity hugs, like, oh, I'll get better luck next time, and you'll get them, champ. You know, and then you go and you score a goal, you win a game in Boston. You're from there. It's a huge night for Hannafin. and I'm sure he was pretty jacked up. Uh- Brain Paul overall, like that was, I thought a, a very steadying presence there, playing alongside Oliver Shillington. It finishes with six hits, brought in some physical play, some after the whistle scrums that you haven't really been seeing from this group of late. That was a that was a great waiver pickup, and and Vegas fans, if you go find a Vegas fan, they they loved him over down there with the Golden Knights. Yeah, I think he'll add. He'll definitely add to to the group uh, as as a, as a third pairing D man. You know they've. 
they've had a few guys come through that position and, and, and they've had several opportunities, but his first game, I didn't know much about him. I had to look him up there the other day when they picked him up, but, uh, you know, once again, steady, steady Eddie. He, uh, he was, he's, he's bigger. He's six foot two. He's right-handed shot D right. Like everybody keeps mentioning over and over and over again. But, uh, I thought he looked really good. I thought he just fit right in and, you know, his, his chemistry and, and uh, will only grow with with the hockey team, and I think he's going to be a really, really good good addition. A great pickup by Conroy so far, for sure. How much do you think the guys are aware of like what Elias Lindholm was doing in Carolina after the game as he goes out and scores two? Oh, I'm, they're all paying attention for sure. Lindy's probably texting one of the guys, or the guys are like, "Hey, man, congratulations!" Like, I guarantee that that's what was going on. I I watched his post game interview last night. And he was smiling from ear to ear, hey? Like, you could just yep. see him, like, you, you know, when, you know, a few times this season when things were going well for him, he had a bit of that smile. But but yesterday, uh, that was a whole new smile. He, he looked like a lighter individual. He really did. I mean, he's scoring two goals in your debut. Doesn't get much better than that. Against one of his former teams in Carolina, too, he did mention it was a playoff-type atmosphere in there. It was a close game. He got two Two gritty goals, right? The deflections in front of the net, and if you're trying to play for your coach and Rick Tockett, when he says those are those are his favorite types of goals, you heard him in the post game last night. I mean, this guy did everything right. For you know, he he impressed his coach, went to the hard area, scored two goals. Uh, you could just see him. I was you know, it actually made me happy seeing how happy he was because it's uh you know hopefully this works out for both sides and Kuzmenko carries on in Calgary and 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 proves. Uh, you know he can be a premier goal scorer again, and, and Lindholm, uh, you know, regains his his uh, his play and, and enjoys Vancouver, and it benefits both teams. Keeps going like this, Vancouver might have to give him ten mil. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding, right? We were talking about it. Do you think Lindholm's play is, is hurting his chances for uh, for you know big dollars or more money in his contract? And he gets two goals. He's just he should go negotiate right now. I'm uh, two goal game guy in Vancouver, guys. What do you got? Yeah. yeah. Bring the Brinks truck. Back it up on my driveway. Let's go. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, you got my poem today? Oh, yeah, no, but I, I'm driving, so I can't read it. Oh, have, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, I, unfortunately, I'll have it for Friday. It's yeah, all from I bet. Right. Yeah. It's right there. You can, I don't know if you guys can hear it. Oh, crunk, crunkled. That, yeah, sounds like a fast food bag, but yeah, sure, definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely, yeah. Uh, where are you You're going right now? Are you going to read to some children, or what's up with that? I am Cooper's Crossing Elementary School in in Airdrie this morning. Oh. Ron Stern and I are going to go. You know, I'm an I'm an avid reader. I'm an accomplished reader. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, I uh, go there read to the read to the kids, and they ask me questions like, "Who are you? <laughs> um, uh, you know, what did you do? Why are you here? You know, yeah. we're doing it. I think this this time. I think the you know, there's you know, obviously I think there might be some. Football guys there, some you know RCMPs, just kind of a a big mismatch of people, and uh, it, it's fun. You know they they take their shots, and there's usually one or two kids there that aren't aren't that sharp that are Oilers fans. You know <laughs> that try to take shots at you. They're like, yeah. oh, I don't like I like the Oilers. And you're like, hey, well you can go stand outside, buddy. Yeah. Okay. Stand in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> you know, reading may not be for you. I completely understand. You know we are we all have a place in this world, right? So, uh, oh, uh, but I'm uh, I'm really excited. I look forward to this every year. The kids in the school are great. The teachers, the staff, they're 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 awesome. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to go do that for a couple hours this morning and head her back downtown. Nothing quite like telling a kid he's illiterate and then making fun of him for it. Well done. Yeah. Really good. Great stuff. Yeah. Do, yeah. Do you, yeah exactly. With my Calgary Flames jersey on, so yeah. exactly. do, you, do you know what's on the itinerary? You know what you're reading? No, no, it's always a surprise. Oh. But you know, your response, 
the font's pretty big, and it's you know it's a short story, right? Yeah. So I I don't get too tongue tied. I'm not reading you know, um, you know whatever big big novels, right? Two towers. I'm not, I'm not putting Could, them to could, yeah. could, couldn't name a single big novel there, hey? Just <laughs> I know. Nothing. But Lord of the Rings, I read that book. I'm an avid reader, accomplished reader, like I said, but I can't name a book. So, you know, it's, you well, know there's holes in my story, I think, eh? What was the last book you finished front to back? The Historian. The Historian. I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a fictional book. It's, yeah? Uh, it's entertaining. When yeah. was that, like it's a decade really ago? <laughs> no. Is it by Elizabeth Kostova? Yes, it is. Okay. Mm, wow. Huh. Yeah, and then there's uh, there's another book too that I can't remember. I read it. Uh, I read it camping this summer. Oh, two days. it's a good place to camp. Or a good place to read when you're camping. That's yes, for sure. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, All right. Rushing up. Well, um, try not to make any kids cry today. <laughs> try and teach them as much as you can. Have fun, and we'll see you on Friday. All right. Okay, boys. Take care. Take care of the show while I'm away. Yeah, we're doing we'll our do, best. Buddy. We're doing our best here. <laughs> The sheriff's gone. You know what that means. <laughs> Chaos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks, Bye. Brett. Bye. There Bye. you go. Brent Cron, brought to you by All Kind Door Services Limited, your one-stop shop when it comes to fixing doors at your building, your office, or your home. Anything that swings, slides, or rolls, you can call All Kind Door Services for your door repair needs. Yeah, this should be fun. Him and Ron Stern reading. Stern. Yeah. What a, what a tandem. Just had lunch with these boys, and now they're reading mm-hmm. books with children. It's going to be quite, quite fun. Uh, yeah (laughs) couple of beauties uh you can find our one of the big show wherever you get your podcast apple spotify or google we had our show open talked about the win over the bruins in the morning report in there as well but coming up next sam cosentino joins the show nhl analyst for sportsnet we'll ask him about a whole bunch of canadian games that happened yesterday including the flames and the bruins that's next on sportsnet 960 the fan Welcome back to the program. It's the big show with Russick and Rose. No Russick. He'll be back tomorrow on a bird back home. Has his big Super Bowl huzzah out in Toronto. So it's gone for a little while, but he'll be doing the show for the next 10 days. Just needed a day off. Hmm. Needed to fly to the destination. Mm-hmm. The big show has a sponsor, though. How about that? Love it. It's the big show for mortgages to go. Always the lowest interest rates in Canada since 2004. Visit mortgagestogo.ca. We go down the Alice Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to chat with our next guest. You saw him on the TV yesterday. His name is Sam Cosentino. How's it going, buddy? I'm doing great, guys. How's it going over there? You got a sponsor? You got no russet? What a day. It's a beautiful day in paradise. I'm telling you, things are good here. Life's good. Uh, flames are winning. We're planning a parade. You know, beat the Bruins yesterday. Everything's coming up roses. What did you make of the Flames' performance yesterday against the Boston Bruins? That's uh, about as good as you can get. Um, you look at some of the older teams that have come out since the break, and they just seem to be off a little bit. But with some of the influx of youth that Calgary has had in the lineup here, there was no sign of that with their club at all last night. And I, that's about as good a game as you can play. I mean, you know, your big guys are doing their thing. The goaltender's doing his thing. Special teams are working. So uh, that's about as good as it gets. And, uh, you know, you have the opportunity in that situation to play four lines. Uh, and, and all of them played well. So uh, I think Ryan Haska, he has to have uh, been pleased with the way it went last night. What do you think of the fit for Kuzmenko here with the Calgary Flames? 
Well, you know, guys, I was on the set uh, the day that story broke. And, you know, Pizmenko, no doubt, has some holes in his game. And that was pretty well documented by Rick Tockett. Uh, but in the case of the Flames, where you need some goal scoring, you're going to have to live with a little bit of that. And that's fine. But the one thing that I was clear to point out that night, and it came to mind me immediately, is the fact that Huberto going to have a real true sniper to get the puck to. And I think that's going to motivate him. Obviously, he played really well last night. But his best asset and his best skill set is the ability to, to dish the puck and find open guys. And I think if you watch Kuzmenko, just how he created some space and opened up some lanes for himself last night, knowing that he'd get the puck from Huberto, I think that combination is going to work out really well. I mean, I think that they've only been together for such a short time uh, to have the kind of chemistry they had in that first game is pretty impressive. Uh, with Jonathan Huberto, uh, do you think with, with him having these two like shooters on his line, Yegor Sharangovich, Andre Kuzmenko, you can you kind of saw what y- you expect with Jonathan Huberto last night, the goal and the two assists. Do you think he can start to get back to where he was in Florida with those two snipers on his wing? Because we, we've kind of seen over the last month he's been slowly creeping up to what we kind of expect with Jonathan Huberto. And now that... Elias Lindholm's gone from that top line. It just feels like now that he's got two legit snipers. He can get back to what he was in Florida. Oh yeah, I, I think I think that's the perfect scenario for him. And, you know, Sharon Govich playing in the middle of the ice. They're not going to start with the puck as much until he improves in that area. And that may not be the the long term solution with him having the play center. But once they do possess the puck, you know, that's that's again where Jonathan's. Um, skill set is best used. The ability to find the open guy and find them in spots in which they can do some damage. Now, the best part about both of those players, Kuzmenko and Sharon Golich, is that not only are they good in front of the net, we've seen Kuzmenko do that, but I also think that the situation um, uh, really plays itself towards guys who can score from distance, too. So, um, both of those players have the ability to do both things, and that opens up a lot more options for a guy like Huberto to be able to get them pucks in good spots. Can you tell us a little bit about the two prospects that came over in this deal, Hunter Bustevich and then Yoni Yermo as well? Yeah, so we'll start with, with uh, Yermo first. I mean, he's a guy, you know, 6'3", 6'4", 210 pounds, playing in the Liga, um, you know, plays sort of towards the, the bottom of the lineup, and I think his projection from an NHL standpoint would be a guy who can battle for your Seven eight spot in, in in terms of your defensive depth, uh, but because of his length and be, because of what we've seen trending in the, the National Hockey League the last couple of years, there may be an opportunity for him down the road to get into some NHL games. And I think when I look at him specifically, if he gets into any NHL games, that's probably a bonus. So I don't think there's the expectation for him to come in and be a key member of this Calgary Flames staff moving forward. If that happens, that's a huge bonus. Stevich is the guy that I've, I'm really keyed in on. And having watched him play in Kitchener and having him uh, watched him decommit from the U.S. program to go to Kitchener to play, his game is really developed. Now, you're getting a guy at about 6 foot, 180 pounds, who I think will be able to run at least a, a PP2 unit in the National Hockey League. Really efficient, puck mover, thoughtful, works the blue line well. Uh, a guy who doesn't really bring a physical element to the game and is not the greatest but in terms of puck moving and finding his options from the back end, he's a guy that you're going to rely on moving forward to be able to get pucks into your forwards hands. And so I think that's a, a really valuable asset. Now, what the, the potential is for this guy moving forward, I think he's a guy who can play, again, 
on second power play unit probably won't give you a lot on the kill, but a guy's going to be able to eat some minutes where you just play a, a steady, solid game. So those two guys there, I mean, if, if one of them hits, I don't think it'll be Yermo, but if Bustevich hits uh, as he was projected when he was taken in the third round, um, I, you know, I think that's a real bonus. And we haven't even talked about the, the first round pick now. That element of, of the, you know, of the trade is something that we're going to see a couple more times, I think, from contending teams because there, I feel that there's a bit of a drop off after about 20 or 22 in this draft. Mm-hmm. Having said that, if you're the team acquiring that pick, you're happy to have that extra, you know, that extra lottery ticket, and it might be able to when you have multiple, multiple picks to be able to, you know, to swing for the fences with that second pick, which is expected to be in the bottom five. I wanted to ask you about the new defenseman as well, Braden Pahal. Uh, I just wanted to ask you what you remembered from his time in the WHL, played with the Victoria, and then as the captain of the Prince Albert Raiders, won the WHL championship and went to the Memorial Cup. Well, there's a guy who I really have a great appreciation for because everything that he's earned in his hockey career, he's had to work for it. Nothing's been given to him. A guy that was always just kind of doing his job. And his greatest asset as a young player was when you're a captain and you're not a huge point getter, you're not a high draft pick, and you're a captain in your junior team, I think that speaks volumes about what kind of character and how honest a player he is. And I think that's what Flame fans are going to really come to enjoy about this player. And again, he's not going to go out there and, and, and be flashy. He's not going to put up a ton of points. But his ability to play hard, heavy minutes... Uh, and be difficult to play against and, and have, I think, an opportunity down the road as he continues to develop to play against some of the opposition's best. Those are assets that I think are um, really valuable, especially when you consider picking up the player off the waiver wire. I mean, captain of his AHL team, so there's a lot there. I think he's a guy that Vegas absolutely didn't want to lose. Um, and the fact that he was hanging around a, a championship run last year and a Stanley Cup ring and those sorts of things are are added bonuses to what you're going to get from this player. So I don't expect him to be going anywhere soon. I expect him to play in a in a five six seven role uh, the rest of the year for the Calgary Flames. And the way he plays, he's going to endear himself to fans. There. Sam Cosentino, NHL analyst for Sportsnet, joining us here on the Big Show for MortgagesToGo.ca. Uh, Sam, a couple other Canadian teams in action last night uh, with their debuts of uh, of some centers. Uh, we'll start with uh, the Canucks. Alas, uh, Lindholm scoring two goals in his uh, in his Canuck debut. Do you do you think with Lindholm added to this this uh, to this lineup, everybody just slots better now in Vancouver? Yeah, you break up the Lotto six forty nine line, but it's 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 okay. You, you got Patterson as your second line center. And you have Lindholm on the wing, which he hasn't done a lot of. Do you feel like with the Lindholm addition, everybody just slots better, and Vancouver can just go better about their lineup uh, now that he's in in the fold? For sure, and I think the, the second part to that is the versatility that you know we've seen Miller play wing in his career. He's obviously had a good run at center, uh, and if Lindholm can do that too, you can really um, juggle around that top six and have a lot of success uh, with that group. I think the thing about Lindholm was two things in particular. I, I don't think he's a player who likes um, the uncertainty of, of what's ahead. And while there is uncertainty going into uh, this offseason as a unrestricted free agent, you're pretty certain where you're going to be the rest of the year, and you're certain you're going to be able to contend for a championship. So I think the certainty piece of it is, is helpful for him, and I think that uh, the fact that he's not going to be relying on to be a top guy there is also going to help, and I think you saw it last night. I mean, he's going to give you minutes on both special teams. 
He's going to be able to, to win 50% of his draws, uh, play in the center ice position, uh, which is obviously something that's really coveted in the National Hockey League, your ability to win draws. Um, and he's not really going to be a problem for Rick Tockett having to worry about juggling him uh, to the bottom part of the lineup, having to worry about sitting the guy, uh, about sitting the guy because of how responsibly he plays. And so uh, in that situation, I think, uh, you know, he's going to be a huge, huge piece. And I love the fact that this was just a, it was just a really good trade. I mean, both teams benefited and mm-hmm. got exactly what they were looking for. And then an expiring asset, uh, you know, Frank Conroy was able to, to get a pretty good haul. Uh, the next morning after uh, Flames dealt Lindholm to Vancouver, the Winnipeg Jets uh, get involved in the center trade and, and uh, acquire Sean Monaghan from the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, he makes his debut last night. Overall, Jets not looking the greatest over the last couple weeks. Uh, they're having trouble putting the puck into the net. Is, is this going to be something that they should be really worried about heading into the postseason? Because, yeah, they can keep the puck out of the net, but they're feeling like they're going to be struggling to find goals here. Do you feel like there's an, another ad potentially, or is it just once Shifley gets back going here and everybody can shake down, they'll get back into their mode that they were, you know, like three, four weeks ago? I think the thing about their club is that, that depth up front to yeah. be able to have additional layer, layers of scoring in case, you know, a Shifley goes down or what we saw happen earlier in the year where Connor went down. I, I think that's an important element. Having said that, because Winnipeg is in such a, a unique market, um, the, the ability to attract free agents can be challenging yeah. at times. And so you have to be mindful of the prospects you've drafted and how highly you hold them in their regard, you know. Lambert being one of them, McGordy being another, the two top guys that I that I think of, and I think both of those guys would be coveted players in an ask for a trade. So, you know, Kevin Shoveldayoff has done amazing work so far. When you think about Hellebuck yep. um, and 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 Shifley, you think about the Niederreiter and the Mesnikov, uh deal uh, deals from last year at the deadline. Obviously, the acquisition of Monahan, giving up a first round pick. I mean, he's done masterful work. So it wouldn't shock me if he had one more trick up his sleeve, but it's going to cost them something, um, you know, uh, and, and that's not typically something that Jets like to do, especially after having already given up their first rounder from this year. So I'll be fascinated to watch him, but I do think that added layer of depth is something that, that they're going to need. Listen, this is, this is a team that it looks like it's ready for the playoffs. It plays with some size, yep. some beef, some edge, uh, you know, has the ability to keep the puck out of the net. It can roll four lines at you that can all do a little bit of damage in their own ways, but they need all of their four lines to be healthy and to be going. They don't really have that that depth. I wanted to ask you about the Montreal Canadiens and and just what we've seen from Uri Slavkovsky over the last little bit. Do you feel like he's turning a corner? He's still a guy who makes uh, a number of mistakes, and we were watching him a couple of weeks ago. Uh, sitting beside Jammer in, in the studio is just a, a brilliant analyst, and his eye for the game is is, is unparalleled in uh, in terms of you know TV analyst. Like I I get to see it from not on camera, and he's awesome. So he pointed out a couple of things to me and things that I've started to notice. Having said that, that's part of the learning curve, and unfortunately for a young player like your eye, it, that learning curve has to happen in the National Hockey League, but. Marty St. Louis um, took it upon himself at the start of the year to say, hey, I'm going to look after this guy myself. No one else is going to talk to him. I'll be delivering the messages. I'll be working with him on the video stuff. He's got two line mates that are really good players. Nick Suzuki is one of the craftiest playmakers in the league. 
And Caulfield, with his ability to score goals, gives him passing options as well. So when it comes to Slavkovsky, everything that we saw him do playing in Liga during his draft year, he's now starting to do in the National Hockey League. I think he has to continue to keep his feet moving, continue to play with pace, play with a little bit of bump in his game, be very mindful of where he is on the ice and where people might take runs at him because that's been problematic for him so far. But in terms of the trajectory of his development this year, I'm pleased with it. I'm happy for the young man. And, uh, you know, for the Montreal Canadiens, they took a, a bit of a risk there. Uh, when you go back to thinking about Shane Wright being that guy, and as of right now, it looks like uh, Ken Hughes made the right decision. Who's going to be the best player out of those four from the top of that draft? Oh, boy. That, I mean, I'm, I, Veneers, uh, maybe? Mm. Who do we have there? Refresh my memory. We went Slavkovsky. Cooley's we third. Went, uh, Cooley would have been third Cooley's there. Third. Veneers was second, I think. And, uh, no, Nemitz was second. Dog. Nemitz was second. Oh, Nemitz. Oh, yeah, sorry. Okay. Wow. And then I think you had Juracek after that. Yep. So Juracek's a guy I really, really like. I, I'm not so sure I like his situation. But mm-hmm. in terms of having the most impact, I tend to think about defensemen more than wingers. And in that case, he's probably the guy I have my eye on, Juracek. What did you make of Juracek kind of comparing himself to Korczynski and some of the other guys that were in his draft class, Nemitz in New Jersey, and, and kind of his comments to the, to the Blue Jackets about not playing in the NHL and going back to the AHL again? It, it's, it's unheard of, really, for young players to, to go about that. I Personally, I don't think he's too far from being wrong. And I get the frustration with the, you know, the, the Mike Babcock circus that started the year to what's happened with Columbus throughout the course of this year. So I understand where his frustration lies, um, you know, and then it's debatable whether Yarmo Kekalina says your best uh, de- uh, developmental option is to play in the American League or is it to play in a situation where he could probably be a top four guy there right now. So that's the debate I'm sure uh, Columbus has had internally. Um, it's a bit of a mess over there. It continues to be a, a bit of a mess over there. So, I hope it doesn't stunt the young man's development because I have high, high hopes for him. But it's you don't hear that from young players very often. So on one hand, it was refreshing. On the other hand, it's like, dude, slow down. you got to earn your chops before you start talking like that. How uh, How's the uh, prepping expectations going for the upcoming draft? It's uh, I guess we're getting into kind of the meat of it. The midterm rankings came out from Central Scouting. Uh, thoughts on what we might see for the 2024 draft? It's it's fun, actually. It's really fun this year. We have a, a, a glut of defensemen at the top of this draft that I think uh, uh, I'm, I'm very interested in where they'll end up going. Um, we have some Russian players that are really, really good that uh, deserve to be uh, high top five picks. But what will teams think about that with the continuing uh, geopolitical circumstances? I think we have a drop-off after 20. I think we have some intriguing forwards in this group. So it is really uh, broad-based and is probably as, as tough to handicap after Macklin Celebrini as any draft that I can uh, remember in recent history. So, I, you know, I, I think uh, it's a lot of fun prepping for it. And you guys are going to like, like this because uh, last night I ended up going to a, a U16 AAA game in Oakville. There's a kid there, uh, Belshetz 
who is probably going to be a first-round NHL pick in a couple of years. So I went to keep uh, just to get a, an opening look at him. But I also uh, was there speaking to George Burnett, who's the general manager of the Gulf Storm. Jet Lachenko is one of those players who's uh, really emerged to probably be a, a late uh, first-round pick. So I was doing a little bit of research for here and for 2026 all at the same time. It was a lot of fun. I wanted to ask you about Carter Yakumchuk as well. What have you made of uh, the Hitman defenseman? Yeah, big big bump in, in Central Scouting's rankings. A big bump by my uh, colleague uh, Jason Bukula and his draft rankings to, to move him up. So really impressed with what we've seen from him. But this guy, like, he is not afraid. His hands are awesome. I mean, if you look at his hands, you'd think this guy was a forward. So that's uh, really what jumped out at me. I had the opportunity to meet him at the Prospects game. Was impressed uh, by that, and uh, we'll we'll see where it goes for him. But he's going to be in the conversation for one of those defensemen to uh, end up uh, crowding the top ten in this year's draft. Cause one of the the top uh, European skaters, Ivan Devendov, uh, plays with over with SKA St. Petersburg. Is there any concern over his status uh, compared to Matvey Michkov last year, or is people will be a little bit more, you know, you know, want to take Ivan Devendov maybe a little bit earlier than? Than like you saw the fall with Mitch Cover. Is there any concern with that? There, there's definitely concern with that, and I think the the telltale sign is without being completely aware of, of the exact circumstances is the fact that he's been playing in the MHL most of this year. That mm. tells me everything I need mm. to know in terms of his contractual status moving forward. What it says to me, and again, this is just speculation, so I don't want people to to go on this. But what this says to me is that there was uh, likely a contract option for him moving forward to play in the KHL, something he likely did not sign or want to sign or wanted to wait to sign. And as a result of that, their, uh, their team says, no, nope, you'll just go play in the MHL and we're just going to let you play down there. So again, that's my pure speculation. That's, I, I don't have, uh, I mean, I've heard some rumors to that end, but I don't have true corroboration of that. That's what I think is going on there. And that either does one of two things. It either says that this guy is going to get buried there and he's not going to be given the opportunity to come over anytime soon, or that there at least is a path for him to make that move coming, uh, you know, as early as, you know, a couple of years from now. So that, that's uh, of great interest to me to watch this player because I believe he's a top five talent. I just wanted to ask you, and I'm, I'm unsure kind of what your background is on it, but Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman were talking about uh, a possible CHL-NCAA merger down the road, something that might have been discussed. Um, do you know anything about it, this, or what, what are your thoughts on a possible merger between these two American and Canadian kind of superpowers for young players that are trying to develop and either get to the NHL or, or into university in the next chapter of their lives? I don't know if I would classify it as, as a merger. I don't know if I would classify it as that. But what I would say is that there is a situation that, uh, you know, with the NCAA having progressed into the NIL stuff, um, you know, in recent years, that that has changed some of the thinking of uh, what's been uh, an old organization unwilling to make any changes. So that says to me that, that you know, that the door is open here for this to happen. I think that the NHL has to step in because these are two developmental streams that are extremely important to the success of their league moving forward. There are a lot of things that have to be protected from a CHL perspective 
and of course from an NCAA perspective. What this agreement would allow players to do is previously NCAA players, uh, the NCAA uh, looked at uh, CHL players as being professionals because there is some sort of stipend given to those players. As a result of that, they looked at them as professionals. I think that thinking is eroding and that would open up the door now for NCAA players to leave their respective teams, which we've seen more of because of the portal situation, to move to the CHL, as well as players playing in the CHL with the option to move and play in the NCAA, a door that wasn't open previously. What that movement looks like, the rules governing uh, the movement between the two sides are something that are going to have to be worked out in order to protect both developmental streams. I've had a couple of conversations, um, you know, just asking around, seeing what it looks like. Uh, the one thing that I understand to be true right now is the NIL stuff, the name, image, likeness, uh, because Canadian players that would go play there would be on student visas and not work visas, they wouldn't be eligible for that. So if it, just quickly, if you took Connor Bedard, let's say, and he had the option to go to Regina or, let's say, Boston University, well, you go to Boston University because you you're probably going to make tons of money in the NIL. He, at that point, wouldn't be eligible to do that. So that option is taken away for the player to be able to make money in the NIL, as far as I know it, for Canadian players going there. So that uh, is one thing that I think people should be mindful of. As always, thank you for your time, Sammy. Appreciate it, and we will talk soon. Okay, guys, take care. Thanks again. Yep, you bet. There you go. Sam Cosentino, uh, analyst for Sportsnet. Catch him on the television. Uh, anytime there's anything important to go, mm -hmm. go to Sammy. Yesterday, a whole bunch of Canadian teams in action, so we made sure we wanted to cover all of them. There you go. Uh, but in the next hour, we're going to be talking some football mm -hmm. because we have a couple of guests joining the show. Uh, Matt Marchese is going to join the program. He hosts the Fan Checkdown. We'll also ask him how the All-Star uh, festivities were out in uh, Toronto there. Toronto. And... Uh, yeah, looking forward to that chat as uh, we get going here for the rest of the program mm -hmm. with Matt Marchese. We'll get into that and talk about the Super Bowl. Sportsnet 960, The Fan.